So anyway, so I'm going to talk about a topic that it's, I think is really important to the Lord. It's, not, it's, it's something that we all kind of wrestle with. We do the best we can with it. And it really touches on uh, what Sean touched on um, a little bit. And it's about judging and correcting. And I really think it's an important topic because we, we're all, we, we're, we're a family. And I was asked once, like, what is your vision at, at Mishkan? And normally when I'm asked, what's your vision at Mishkan David? I'm like, ah, finish a Shabbat and make it to the next. <laughs> I don't know. But um, one thing that's become really, really important to me since being a rabbi here is, is family. And um, that we are a family. And I, I really feel that there's this divine family thing that happens at Mishkan that's so far above and beyond anything that has to do with me or anybody. It's just something that the Lord does, and it's, it's an amazing thing. But let's face it, part of being family and part of being in relationship is sometimes there is a little bit of contention. And it kind of sucks but we're all faced with it sometimes. We're all faced with sometimes where there's something happens in somebody, whether somebody hurts us or maybe hurts somebody else or somebody's doing something and you're feeling like this person needs to be spoken to. And it's part of family life. And it's a difficult part of a family life. Like, who really likes to be corrected? I think actually it says in Proverbs that the wise will appreciate it and the foolish kind of chuck the bird at you. That's what the Bible says. So we're going to delve into this as far as, like, judging, when to judge, who to judge, should we judge ever, and what's the difference between judging people and rebuking them, and, like, how do you rebuke, how do you correct when do you do it? Why do you do it? Where do you do it? What are the, what are the different questions, the, the, the words that start with quite like who, what, when, where, why, how, you know, of giving correction, which is challenging, you know, the art of the rebuke. And it's something that I'm not certainly an expert on, but it's important. And I really think it's, it's important to God because I really think that something that's hugely important to God is how we treat each other. Like, like, God doesn't say, like, I'm going to treat you and how well you keep Shabbat. Or, like, I'm going to treat you and how well you keep the holidays. Or, I'm going to treat you how well, you know, you, 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 you know, lead righteous lives according to Torah. But he says, I'm going to judge you how you judge others. I'm like, Whoa. Whoa. And he goes on in another place to say, like, if you condemn, I'll condemn you. And if you pardon, I'll pardon you. Whoa. Like, what other commandment has that type of reciprocation from the Lord? Like, whoa. So I really think it's an important topic. So we're going to kind of dig into it a little bit. And I'm actually going to open the Bible here. And um, so we're going to start. We're going to start with, I'll put it over here. 
So we're going to start with the classic verse um, about judging, which is from Matthew 7. Now, first thing I want to talk about is what does it mean to judge? Like, sometimes we'll go to somebody and we'll say, like, hey, man, like, knock it off, or whatever it is, whenever we have this opportunity to go to somebody and, and, and give some correction or something like that, what's the first reaction normally if it's not received? Why are you judging me, right? And the answer to that is, I'm not judging you. I, I did judge you. That's why I'm here. No. So, but, so there's, there's a difference between like judging somebody and rebuking somebody, correcting somebody. Uh, those are two different things, but they feel like the same. So judging somebody is actually is, is something that happens inside. The judgment is something that you're, you're actually, you know, you're, you're, you're looking at a situation and you're making a determination of right versus wrong, of guilt versus not guilt. And as much as the Lord, Yeshua says, don't judge, we're all, we all have to judge things because, you know, we're going a certain way and we're always in situations like, okay, right or wrong, left or right, bad, good, and we have to make these judgments in our mind. We have to be able to rightly judge but that's something that happens internally. That's, that's assessing a situation and coming to a conclusion. That's the judgment. Okay? So it has nothing to do with when you go to somebody and you speak to them about something. That's not judgment. Judgment is, actually precedes that. It's, judgment is, is, is looking at something and making an assessment. Guilt or innocence. Okay? So that is judgment. So Yeshua says, don't judge or you will be judged. For the same way you judge others, you will be judged. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So what Yeshua is saying, like it's impossible to just never judge. I and mean, we do it every day in our lives. It's impossible to never judge. But be cautious Yeshua is absolutely saying, don't be quick to judge. Be slow to judge. And watch what you're, watch your reaction. Watch what you are judging and watch why you're judging this thing. Be careful with it. He goes on in Luke to say, like I said, what you condemn if you condemn, I will condemn. If you, if you pardon, I will pardon. Like, whoa. Whoa. So in that case, is Adonai calling us to condemn or is he calling us to pardon? I think he's calling us to pardon. I think he's calling us to say, not guilty. And to withhold the judgment and the finger pointing of guilt. Because even Yeshua, when he was on the cross, he was surrounded by people who handed him off to Rome to put him on the cross. And he said, Father, forgive them. 
they don't know what they do. Because Yeshua knew the people. Yeshua knew the people. And you know why Yeshua himself is able to judge rightly? Because he knows us from the tops of our heads to the soles of our feet. And he knows what makes us tick. And he knows what makes us talk. And he knows how to look under the surface because that's where he lives. Under the surface. When we look surface and make judgments without knowing fully what a person is dealing with, without knowing a fully what a person, what they're made up of, 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 of their histories, of, of their whatever it is that's causing them to do this thing, which is, which is causing you to say, not right. If, if this is a person in all its fullness... Very often we just see this. I would rip it off to show it to you, but it's not mine. Like one petal. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that's often all we see of the fullness of who we are, who others are. So I believe that Yeshua is saying Be cautious with your judgment. He proceeds to say, why do you look at the speck of sawdust, speck, in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own? How many times do we see something in somebody else that's really irking you? But Yeshua didn't say, look at the speck in your own eye before you look at the plank in the other person. He's saying, why are you looking at the speck in the other and not looking at the plank in your own? And this is extremely important when it comes to Executing a judgment and making a judgment, uh, guilty or not guilty. Like the first thing he says is look inward. There's this story. It was interesting. Like my wife, again, not knowing what I was going to talk about, told me this little parable of like this guy, you know, this woman looking out the window of of her house or his house and looking at the dirty house. The neighbor's house was just filthy. And she would look out the window and she'd get all ticked off. It just bugged her so much. Like, I can't believe how dirty. Why don't they hire a damn power washer for crying out loud? And it become an obsession. Like, they keep, keep looking out the window. Oh, another day. It's still filthy. It's ruining the property value on this street. 
What kind of person? What kind of person keeps their house in such disrepair? Then all of a sudden, the next day, the husband, I'll say it's the husband doing this because normally it's the wife that has all the clarity. So I'll just say the husband is the one going, what the heck's the problem with this guy? So next day, the husband looks out the window and he goes, oh, thank God. Neighbor finally cleaned the house. And he goes to his wife. He goes, honey, glory, hallelujah. Our neighbor finally cleaned his damn house. And she goes, no, he didn't. I washed the windows yesterday. Oh. Yikes. Yeshua says to look inward at your own dirty windows. Is there anybody out there that ticks you off? Is there anybody out there that gives you a ping in your spirit? There was a pastor I listened to once. I called it a ping in your spirit. Is there anybody out there that when you think of them or when they do a certain action, you're like, ugh, ugh. Take a step back. Look inward. Very often, the ugh is something that Adonai is working on you, working with you on. And there's something about the person that's ticking you off, but it really has nothing to do with them. It's a lesson for you from the Lord. This is why Yeshua said, they just got a little speck, but you got a plank. Deal with that. So be slow in making judgments. You don't know everything. You don't know the whole situation. You may have one piece of evidence, what you perceive as a piece of evidence. But the judge is supposed to see the whole picture. That's why God is the only judge. He's the only one that sees a full picture. We only see a little bit. People only see a little bit of us. So be careful when it comes to making a judgment of condemnation of guilt when you are perceiving something. I think it's really important to the Lord that we are careful and slow to make a judgment. So how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there's a plank in your own? You hypocrite, take the plank out of your own eye first. And then you will see clearly to remove the speck. See, he's not saying that you're never going to remove the speck. 
These things happen. There's places in Scripture that says rebuke your brother. There are things that happen. There's times that this happens. But we must make sure we're looking clearly or else God's going to judge us the same way he says that he's going to. So this is very, very important. So let's say now we've done the, the we've, we've, we've looked at a situation, we believe in, in our purity of heart as best as possible that the situation has been judged rightly. Now what do you do with it? So now comes the art of the rebuke. The who, what, when, where, how, why of the rebuke. Now, there's actually two Hebrew words for rebuke. There's, um, uh, uh, I don't remember the first one. Ga'ar, I think. I think that's what it is. And that's like, you know, like, like a father rebukes, like, no, stop. You know, no. You know, don't do that. That's like, like just expressing disappointment, all right? So that's like one word that's translated rebuke. You know, like when the prophets or the angels said like, Satan, may the Lord rebuke you. He wasn't trying to correct Satan. You know what I mean? But there's another word that's translated as rebuke that's really is correction. That's trying to correct. And that's a different word. It's yakach. Don't say that one by looking at your neighbor. Like the church pastors say, look at your neighbor and say, Say hello, brother. I'd like to see them do that with Hebrew words. Look at your neighbor and say, Yakach. Everybody looked like the Holy Spirit hit them. Where'd all this water come from? So, there is a rebuke which is a correction. And we're going to go through the difficult aspect of who do I correct, what am I correcting, when do I correct, where do I correct, why am I correcting, and the all-important how to correct somebody. (laughs) So, we can start with the who. Who do you correct? Yeshua was uh, coming down on the donkey. It was um, six days before Passover. The church is named that day Palm Sunday. But really, it was just six days before Passover. Five days. I don't remember. The 10th, five days before Passover. And he's coming in, and everybody's with the palms, screaming, Hoshiana, which means save us. And the rabbis of the time said, Yeshua, rebuke your disciples. Tell them to stop. They didn't do it themselves. They said, Yeshua, tell your disciples to stop. So, if you have to give rebuke, 
Who do you rebuke? I believe passionately that when there is not relationship and when there is not authentic love, And when there is no accountability with each other that is grown from relationship or a spiritual connection or spiritual accountability, if that is not there, then chances are you are not the vessel for the job. And I don't mean the love that like we have for each other in the congregation because let's be real, folks, a lot of us don't know each other all too well. And we can hug and say, I love you, brother, and I love you, sister. But it doesn't mean that we have an accountability relationship with each other. It doesn't mean that we really, really know each other that well. And I believe very strongly that rebuke, correction, needs to come from somebody where there is authentic love, authentic relationship, and an accountability with each other. Without love, it's a resounding gong. Without love, it's noise. Without love, it won't be received. Now, it doesn't mean that the person may not need real rebuke. So who gives the rebuke? Is there somebody that may need to know about the situation? Is there a rabbi or a pastor that the person has an accountability with? You should feel very free to tell somebody in authority, you know, this is happening. This may need to be addressed. And leave it to the Lord. For the person who has the relationship to assess based on what they know, which is more than you, and leave it to the Lord. In so many cases, we're not the vessel for the job. And just because we have a ping in our spirit and we're like, it doesn't mean we're the vessel for the job. What are we rebuking? What are we trying to correct? Is it an issue of sin where somebody needs to be told, hey, you're going way too far this way and you need to come back this way? Or is it just opinion? Do you know how many times I see rebukes based on opinion? How about politics? That's opinion. It's not, a, it's not an area that needs rebuke or a correction. You're allowed to vote for Hillary. You're allowed to vote for Trump. It's not an area of correction, of biblical correction. And when people are, even if there is a biblical correction, you must give people grace. Adonai does not 
Like, if this is the straight line, if this is the way, if this is the holy way, we're all kind of, you know, we all kind of go off it a little bit. We do our best to walk straight, but, you know, we all kind of move, right? And we see people, and sometimes, you know, people kind of go off. You don't need to, like, every time they move, okay, this way, okay, more to more to the left, okay, a little more to the right, okay, a little more to the left, okay, a little more to the right. Give people grace. Give people grace. You can be slow about it. Is it something that's happening like repeatedly? Or is it just a one-time thing anyway? So what are we rebuking? It must be something that is important to the Lord. There is a scripture in, I believe it's Timothy, and forgive me if it's not Timothy or Titus, one of those guys Paul was talking to his students, his disciples, Timothy or Titus. And it says, don't get caught up, and I'm paraphrasing, don't get caught up in endless genealogies and arguments that mean nothing. I'm paraphrasing. I wish I had it right in front of me. It's a great verse. Look it up. He says, many of you are doing that. Many of you are majoring on minors. Many of you think you're teachers of law, of the law. But you have no idea what you're talking about. And you're majoring on things that you have really have no idea what the heck you're talking about. It literally says something like that. It's like people want to be teachers of the law, but they have no idea what they're talking about. And they're majoring on the minors. If I had the scripture, I would tell you what it is. It's a great scripture. He's saying, focus on major things. Not everything needs to be corrected. Who, what, where? Where do you do the correction? Where do you do the correction? There's another famous verse about correction, also in Matthew where in Matthew 18, where Yeshua says, if somebody offends you, go to them. Where? In private. In private. Newsflash. Facebook isn't private. Newsfeed flash. Facebook isn't private. Rebuking somebody where everybody's eyes are on it is unbiblical. Even on Facebook. Private. That's where to do it. And then if it's not received, it says bring two or three witnesses. You know, that doesn't mean anybody. That doesn't mean get together a crowd and like outnumber them. Because that comes from Torah, because evidence, it's like a, a decision is made on a matter of two or more witnesses, according to Torah. Witnesses of what? Witnesses of the action. It's not just bring a couple more folks to have more manpower. Like, if you can't find more than one person than yourself that has this feeling, then it shouldn't be something that needs to be corrected. And evidence, the evidence is with two or more witnesses, not just two or more people. 
witnesses. If they don't hear it, where do you do it? Bring them to, it says, the church or the congregation. I do not believe that means bring them to the front. I believe it means bring them to leadership and let them handle it. And if something doesn't change, it says hand them off, treat them like a Gentile or a tax collector. Who hangs out with Gentiles and tax collectors? Hello? Hello? Why is he hanging out with all these tax collectors? Why are all these Gentiles allowed in the church? It means give them to God and let it go. It ain't your problem. It's God's problem. Breathe. Let it go. It's God's problem. Who, what, where, when. Yeah. First Timothy one verse four. Where's Timothy in the Bible? <laughs> I'm in Hebrews. Before or after? Is Peter? No, John. I think Revelation comes after that. Jude. Wait. First Timothy. Oh, that helps. Okay, I got it. First Timothy one verse four. All right. Let's see. It's a great verse. Wait. As I urged you when I went to Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain people not to teach false doctrines any longer or to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. Such things promote controversial speculation rather than advancing God's work, which is by faith. The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and sincere faith. Some have departed from these and have turned to meaningless talk. They want to be teachers of the law. They want to be teachers of Torah. But they do not know what they are talking about or what they so confidently Affirm. Whoa. Whoa. I mean, whoa. Thank you. Who, what, when, where, why? Why? And it goes back to what we were talking about. Why? Why are you doing it? Ask yourself these things. If you were going to bring correction... Ask yourself the who, what, when, where, why. As best as I'm able to perceive, this is a command from the Lord. Before you correct somebody, ask yourself the who, what, am I the person? The what, what am I correcting? Is it really something that needs it? When, am I using the right timing? Is this really God's timing? Where, am I doing it in private? Am I doing this right? 
Why? What is the motive? Why am I doing this? Why do you feel so bent out of shape about it? And how? I wish I could tell you the how. That's the hard, that's the most important one. It's the most, I really don't have much of an answer. But I will tell you this. Be gentle. I will tell you this. Be meek. I will tell you this. Be loving. I will tell you this. Be understanding of where people are. Be compassionate. Give a lot of grace. Cover. Do you know I got a revelation the other day about poopery? Everybody know what poopery is? Poopery, not popery. Poo. Puri. It's a spray. It's like a herbal spray that you spray in the toilet bowl before you go poo. So when you poo and it hits the water, that was my poop interpretation. Let's all do it together. Look at your neighbor and go, So you spray the poopery in the water and you go and it releases all these beautiful fragrances. But you know it's not really for you because we all love the the smell of our own poop. I mean, who doesn't love the smell of their own poop? I mean, come on. Oh, you're full of it. Come on. I mean, Tony loves the smell of his own poop. I know he does. Thumbs up. But the guy in the stall next to you, or girl, or whoever's in the bathroom these days, don't necessarily love the smell of your poop. So poopery covers it. Are we covering other people's smelliness? Or are we exposing it? Or are we going to others and saying, man, that guy really stinks. This girl really stinks. Did you smell that one? I'm telling you, learn the lesson from the poopery. It covers the smells, so others have no idea what's happening. Do you understand that? Cover others' sins. Yeshua is kippur, our covering. He doesn't expose 
to others. He may expose it to us. May he expose it to us, our own sins. But he doesn't expose it to others. He covers. I hope this is helpful. Adonai, help us. Father, help us in our relationships. Help us to do what's right. Help us, Adonai, to see others as you see them. Not through our limited eyes. Help us, Adonai, to be light and love and salt in this world. And we thank you, Yeshua, as our example of one who covers our sins. So much so that you took them all on yourself. Because when the judgment went out from heaven to look for the sinners, you stood up and said, that's me. That's me. I'm the one. I'm the murderer. I'm the liar. I'm the robber. I'm the drug addict. I'm the adulterer. I'm the porn addict. Yeshua stood up and said, that's me. Take me and set them free. Thank you, Yeshua, that you are our example. I believe that this topic is very important to the Lord. In Yeshua's name, amen.